This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Welcome to Human V Robot. Today we're talking about responsible tech companies, what we should expect from tech companies and what they're currently doing, stuff like that. I'm Andy Van E, and I'm here with my sister, Heather Halgrimson. How are you doing today, Heather? Hey, Andy. I'm doing good. Good. Um, so as far as updates go, before we get into our main topic, you had talked about how you're updating, how you're thinking about Human V Robot. Oh, boy. Do you want to yeah, expand it's, on it's, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it's funny how um, this might be a good opportunity for um, me to just... or. For people to who are listening to watch me change my mind over time, okay. and I just want to be very open and completely vulnerable that I am always updating how I'm thinking, and I, I think everyone should probably do that as you evolve and get yeah. new information and your perspective changes on things. I, I think that's really healthy, but I think sometimes it can be it can be a little bit hard to to admit that you didn't know everything a week ago or sure. two weeks ago or three, yeah. you know like it, or if that's stopping you from doing something because you think oh i don't know everything on this topic yet so therefore i can't do it well spoiler alert you're never going to know everything yeah. and sometimes you just have to get started so that's where we were at when we started this podcast is let's just get started talking about this and we'll see how we go mm-hmm. and on that perspective i have kind of updated a little bit of my thinking on the sort of what I call the scariness factor of, um, you know, sort of our imminent and future doom from, um, you know, robots, which is, I guess, a good thing. I'm a fairly optimistic person. So I found myself like a little bit surprised that here I was kind of staring down like the future of tech as potentially, you know, taking over or eliminating all humans. We don't need those humans anymore. Let's just get rid of them or enslaving us. You know, all these future scenarios that I found really freaked me out. And I was like, yikes, like, I don't like this. I don't, um, because it made me feel so powerless too. So, and I, and I'm not saying like, I found new information that sort of counteracted that. Now I feel better. Um, I just, I found a little bit more perspective on that topic from a book I was reading and I wanted to share it, um, because I felt like I was being a little bit too, prescriptive previously on where tech was going and what I thought was going to happen with tech and what I thought people needed to do to respond to those advances in technology. Um, So I feel like every turn I'm always so responsible tech again, that's going to come from my policy kind of background. I'm sorry, I keep doing it. I can't help myself. I'm going to go to that social policy stuff. That's where my head goes. I'm trying to be super open minded. But yet here I am finding myself on this side of the fence. So, okay, the 1000 brains, uh, book I talked about last week and it's a kind of a new theory of intelligence not kind of it is a new theory of intelligence Um, it's a very interesting book that actually proposes a theory now a lot of books that you read summaries like guiding but how many books do you read where there's actually a new theory like some dude just sat around and just really thought about some stuff and came up with a new theory like that is admirable just one question to clarify before that uh, is this the book yeah. about the octopus uh, or like there there was one out very recently about how octopus like and I, now that I talk it through I think it's a totally different book no, uh, no. How, how octopus intelligence is like completely separate from ours and like a different like studying okay that's okay that sounds super different. interesting that is yeah. not this book okay. unless I have not got to the part about the octopuses okay cool <laughs> Oct- octopi <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure in that one, that's kind of the central thesis. So that, yeah. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have missed it. (laughs) You wouldn't have missed it. Uh, Okay. Yeah. No, basically what this guy, um, 
I don't know what you would call him. He's kind of like a gentleman scientist of Silicon Valley, if you can, if you will. Okay. Um, and he has he's like kind of in the realm of neuroscience, but also in the in the realm of tech, and has just sort of come up with his own career trajectory outside of academic institutions by basically just reading academic papers about how the brain works and and instead of like focusing in on some sort of minute piece of some feature of the brain he was like well how does it actually work um and how does it form intelligence and and all that kind of that good stuff that it's just hard to come up with these big broad theories inside of an academic institution so he basically has worked outside of an academic institution most of his career um so he talks about the sort of how the neurocortex works. And the details of this are not super important, but it basically yeah. has these frames and models of the world and it characterizes things as this voting system, sends like best case scenario, this is my best guess about what this is, all this stuff. But what he what he says is that's just like a categorizing, um, you know, machine basically, but that yeah. our motivations come from the bottom of the our old brain. Uh, that's right. where emotions and drives come from. Right. And he said basically that if we're creating AI that functions basically like a neurocortex, but that doesn't have the part like the old brain, which is the motivations, the emotional drives, the fear, anger, you know, all the scary stuff, yeah. then we really don't have to be worried about tech because it doesn't have those intrinsic drives and motivations to, you know, incite our doom. Right. Like, why would we have a robot that we can turn on that would basically follow one instruction, which is to do X, Y, or Z, and then would suddenly never follow our instructions again and destroy us? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I mean, he talks about how, like, using that kind of brain theory of creating uh, AI who, which or a machine learning system that would work actually more similar to how the brain works um, is probably not that sort of scary of a proposition if I'm reading this right. So right. I, I feel like I'm updating my theory on, like, how scary it is. I'm also maybe updating some of my ideas about how much we need to regulate tech and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just don't want to seem too, like rigid and i want to just be totally open with that even okay. when i hear myself talk i'm like i don't agree with me last week so <laughs> all right yeah that's very interesting uh so i'm just looking at and i had assumed that it was this other book that had recently come out called other minds which is uh, about octopus intelligence totally separate uh and looking at i just did a quick google of a thousand brains which is the one you're reading by jeff hawkins yeah. and I've actually read his previous book called On Intelligence, uh, and it's all fuzzy in my head because that was quite a while ago, but I'm assuming this is just an expanded, like an updated take on that one. I'm looking at the date. It's like that one came out in 2007, so I'm sure lots of has changed with yeah. how he's thinking I, about this. I think the theory essentially is the same. Right. Um, because it's it, he came to the, some of these conclusions quite a while ago, but I think that he's adding information that supports the theory and sort of making it more robust. Right. Yeah. Cool. Good recommendation. I will definitely have to pick that one up because okay. I, I remember liking the, the previous book. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so what's your update? Yeah. So similar thing, like... Um, so I, I was on a business trip this last last week and uh, flew to Halifax and I, I caught myself thinking when I was in the airport looking at, you know, the little kiosk because I think it's called Hudson's is like the bookseller thing. Yeah. I'm like looking, flipping through the books there and I'm like, I don't know how many of these are written by humans, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
like just looking at them like there there's a skill i think in finding good books for sure and one of those skills i think is like kind of uh how generic it looks right sometimes you like they they have a fair number of books that are very generic looking like they've all been published at the same time from the same like like i don't know how much i would trust those before but i really don't trust them now sort of um and i'm like i i don't know unless i unless i know who the author is and have done some background research i don't really like picking up a book like that um and i so what i was what that got me to thinking was like how is that normal like do most people think about that or do they just pick up like oh this looks interesting and read it or not you know because i'm wondering how those books get on the shelf and obviously they sell right because they wouldn't be on the shelf if they didn't sell yeah is that a question about how do people find the books that they read yeah. or like you just look at well yeah so, you know so, what i yeah. the what i think about books sometimes is that a lot of like these kind of like the new theories and stuff like that now that's going to be a very unique book it needs to be written by a very specific kind of person yeah a lot of books are just really iterations on the same theme like it's right. just like they put all the tropes in a blender and just yes yeah you know and that was me making a blender noise um <laughs> And then they just, or maybe there's something better in like a bingo thing, you know, and the B fifty two or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and then, and then that's how they come up with a book, you know, and then they just yeah. string together scenes that like put those plot points together. I'm not, I'm not belittling like writing, yeah, <laughs> that because I mean I don't do it, so what do I have to say? <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, like that seems like something that like yeah I would look at and be like, well, it's just like. In order for people to continue to be entertained, they just need to read something they haven't read before, but is similar enough that they're right. like comfortable with it, I guess. And I mean, I also read books like that, so I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I find I, I maybe I just don't really have the patience for it anymore. Like I'm not as much. I wouldn't say as much of an avid reader now as I was maybe ten or fifteen years ago, and so I think I'm. I may be more choosy in in what I read. Like I, I don't just pick up those books, but um, yeah, it's not, there's not a good point in there. I'm just curious how, like how the average person picks up what they read. Cause really like nonfiction is, is different than fiction for me. Like yeah. fiction, yeah. I would just pick up any, any book and like, uh, like it is more on that entertainment side. Whereas nonfiction, yeah. I, I'm really trying to, get a handle on a topic usually yeah usually i for me like if i'm picking up a nonfiction book i'm going and picking out something specifically that i was looking for so it was like i read one book and then there's kind of through those recommendation algorithms i find something that's similar and then i kind of read about that what it's about sometimes reviews and then i usually sort of follow that train of thought i guess that's how right. i usually find those um yeah kinds of recommendations i guess um, but I usually kind of know what I'm looking for. If I find a nonfiction book at the store, I just pick it up and I buy it. Yeah, I don't usually end up reading it. Sorry, it's nice decoration, but right, you know. Yeah, I guess I should I should qualify that. I think I actually do the same with uh, with non or with fiction, but fiction is a little more just like I have authors I like and I generally follow them or people that they recommend in a sense like I, i'm trying to find follow that 
human recommendation chain as much as possible rather than just picking up a random thing on a topic or yeah yeah so okay uh, that, that's maybe just, it's different when you're in the airport because you're just like i don't care i just want to read this on the plane and i don't care what it is so i don't know yeah it, it may be it may just be people trying to kill time and not pretty much yeah. lying is boring true yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually there, so there was one thing I, I forgot to bring up in, in your update. Like when you said you're changing your mind, I think that's a really good point. And I think it's, it's also a good point from the other side to like, when you're talking to someone to not assume that they have, they think the same way about something. Um, cause I think sometimes we hear somebody say something and that becomes fixed in our mind like that is the person what yeah like that's what their, their stance will forever. always be yeah, yeah. that's uh, silly <laughs> yeah it is yeah. yeah um but it it is hard to get out of because i think we yeah. form those judgments uh and those judgments just stay in our mind um, yeah they kind of work because yeah. it helps you to kind of understand or like it helps your brain to like okay we're putting them in that box or category yeah and it's generally true i find like i like it's unfortunate but like if someone holds a belief that you disagree with the chances are and this is totally unscientific but in my experience those those uh opinions will either be equally or more strongly held over time, right? Like they'll yeah. dig, they'll dig in on that that topic, and um, it becomes a part of their identity. But every uh, now and again, people surprise you. Like yeah. I've thought things like, oh, someone, a friend of mine, or something said an offhanded comment. And I thought, ah, that's how they think about that. And then I'll talk, like I'll kind of unpick it later, way later. And they're like, what? Yeah. No, what? Like that? <laughs> uh, that wasn't. That was just thing that I said that one time. That wasn't a well formed, you know, deep value judgment opinion. Right. Like, oh, right. Okay. Wow. You're okay. Um. So maybe I'm quick to come to conclusions about <laughs> what I think other people are thinking. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. All all good things to keep in mind. Um. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So our main topic we, we wanted to talk about today is, uh, responsible tech companies. And this is something I think we've brought up in a few, a few different times already. Like there is, we don't have the checks and balances in place, or we feel like we don't that tech companies kind of get away with, uh, unthinkable things until like, uh, the either the public perception or the legislation or whatever catches up and says wait a minute this is not how uh how tech companies should be operating um so is that a decent summary or is there anything else you want to like as a yeah. high level like no i think that makes sense i think what we're talking about here is that it's it takes like a sort of public outcry sort of scenario for people to uh, for tech companies maybe to respond. So it has to reach sort of a critical threshold or critical mass for policy change to happen maybe, or for the tech company to change what it's doing. Um, and a lot of this is just undiscovered territory at this point, or sort of like niche or very few people know about. So that was kind of my take. So and I think as we understand what the impacts of these actions are more fully, I think it will be clear what the policy regulatory changes have to be. But at this point, I, I think that there's a lot of unknowns 
And I think that's what's leading me to a little bit of unease in this space um, where I feel that tech companies, you know, are just sort of, they're kind of like, a, well, in my example, I guess, or the way I was thinking about this is that at this point, um, like companies that emit lots of carbon into the atmosphere are being regulated, like in yeah. Canada, introducing legislation, regulation, you know, carbon pricing and all that sort of stuff on emitters. Um, you know, because of reasons. Um, And, uh, and I think so, like, over time, we realize the impact that industries have when they go unchecked. Right. Um, And then they have things that we call in, you know, the sort of (laughs) the the economists amongst us call externalities, negative externalities. Right. Um, You can also have positive externalities. Um, negative externalities, which is like a thing not calculated in their cost structure, which has negative social, environmental, political, whatever impacts. Yeah, and so we yeah. have to price that into their equation so that the cost of doing business um, is more um, in line with what the actual kind of societal cost of doing business is. Right. And so I think that is where I thought, okay, so if all of the you know oil and gas companies are, or emitting companies or whatever are under this kind of regulation then you know to what extent are tech companies under different kinds of regulations for their societal social whatever impact and to what extent should or shouldn't they be um you know because i really also want to say that i'm not well i am kind of i think sure regulation but also like a lot of people are going to push back and just say though that is an encroaching or approaching paternalistic state and i'm like yikes like also not a fan (laughs) so right um just that is why I wanted to talk about this topic. Yeah, I think the interesting thing there is there is a, I think there is a ton of crossover in like uh, in the idea of like um, like carbon reduction and toxic online behavior. And let me unpack that a little bit because it, <laughs> it probably make, makes no sense in that in that. <laughs> in that framing but like take someone like like facebook it like they've reached this critical mass where they can kind of get away with almost anything uh and but there has been pushes to regulate them and to uh because regulation in tech like often comes in the form of um like rather than a physical product changing hands and adding a tax or adding whatever. It's about transparency. It's like, what are you doing here? How is this working? Because we need to know how it works to be, uh, you know, to do our due, due diligence, right? And so... Like hand uh, over the algorithm? Yeah. So, like, people that that argue for complete freedom, like no, no regulation, I think what what they miss often is that a company uh, can can get enough traction to financially sway everyone around them that they don't have to um, be transparent or to uh, offset, you know, uh, do these things that would, you know, that regulation would ask of them. Like, especially like oil and gas puts so much money into like lobbying or, you know, uh, ensuring that they don't have to do as much as the public might want them to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been, I've been to a few conferences where it's like this session was supported by like 
the Canadian petroleum producers. I'm like, mm, mm. yeah, uh, like, interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> like, I, I have that. This is one area where I've definitely changed my mind over time because I thought like I, and I, I don't want to come off as judgmental. Like I think like the free market is fantastic. It's, it's a great, system but it can be gamed by companies with lots of money and it can be like it is not a uh silver bullet right like there are like um going back further in the tech world like there was microsoft went through a giant antitrust uh battle that definitely changed what what kind of company microsoft is like i had a like I have very much changed my view. I still don't like, especially like Microsoft, but I, I like them a lot more than, um, than I did previously, probably like 10 years, 10, 15, 15 years ago. I don't actually know. I don't remember the timeline, but anyway, like the, but the interesting thing is like that, that, there is a definite correlation between the moment Microsoft was going through that and the moment Facebook uh, hugely accelerated because like as soon as you push one down, it seems like another comes up and jumps in because until a company achieves this critical mass, they're not really legislated. Or they're not like people aren't focusing on them as like is this company really operating how they should be? Um, so while we're asking that of Microsoft and they're buckling down and trying to get their house in order, Facebook just comes along and with no regulation, no no fear, I guess, of um, anyone um, coming down hard on them. That, that they they just take advantage of that, and so I think. It's it, it's a difficult topic because tech moves so fast that you, you find that, right? Like a company just gets so big so fast and then becomes almost indispensable where they can almost do whatever they want. And I think that's the topic where, like, that's the reason we want to talk about this right now, I think, is well, that, yeah. like, that's scary, that yeah. It is, and I, I think I've been hearing that in other uh, areas of sectors of the economy. Like I was listening to... Um, on the radio about uh, like grocery stores, like in Canada, we have very few right. um, large grocery retailers. And what does that do to the price of food or for like real competitive pricing? I, I think you can almost argue there isn't any. Right. Um, but I mean, the, the pace at which something like a grocery store is growing or gaining power or momentum, like, man, we saw that coming, you know, yeah. ways off. Right. Um, but tech companies, so like that kind of thing, I think we can sort of be excused or that sort of like, that that's kind of the world we know but i think the world that we don't know is how quickly these companies are moving and also kind of whose problem yeah. it is to regulate them like is it the country that they operate in knowing that their user base is not like is all over the world right. um which i'm not sure i have a solution for i obviously don't um so i yeah i think the pace is a problem um yeah. And I think that the degree to which people don't know or understand what they're doing and whether or not they're allowed to be secretive about those things, like you said, yeah. um, is all the parts that bring me slightly, that bring me unease, I guess. Right. 
Yeah, and and in that, so definitely related to the uh, the grow like the you know Amazon kind of grew exponentially to take over. Like my first example, I was like, well, Walmart in Canada, particularly, like came up pretty fast. Like, uh, but it had already achieved. I think it it was one of those cases where it kind of achieved a critical momentum outside of Canada and then came in and like really dominated and still is dominating, I would say. Um, but Amazon is kind of, uh, almost tr taking over them in a sense that in that, like they, like what started out as a bookstore, just like with incredible, like rapid growth took over, like they're selling, all of the things that you might get at a Walmart or, you know, or, um, and, and it's really just enabled by the technology. And like the only limiting factor really is people's, um, maybe hesitancy or whatever, um, to not, you know, get the, have the tangible, uh, product in front of them and buy it. Like, uh, like the hands-on thing is definitely prob like the limiting factor in buying online. But obviously during COVID that completely changed and like, um, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, the, the pace of a tech company, it can be pretty alarming how, how fast yeah. they can grow. Yeah. So I wanted to add another, <laughs> this is kind of funny. So you're like, okay, so they, we have, we have kind of like, Microsoft, and then we have some regulations on Microsoft. Here comes Facebook, just riding the wave, you know. Yeah. I, I'm going to say another wave. So Facebook sure. becomes like the senior in this, and the junior is a different company. Okay, so here's Facebook cresting the wave. And, and now we have Facebook being this like calls for moderation. Like we have to moderate the content. We can't just yeah. put anything on Facebook. So they employ like armies of people yeah. to moderate content, which can be, this is a very... Um, contentious uh, area and if you google it be prepared to be stressed out um, because content <laughs> moderation can be extremely it is often extremely it's traumatizing yeah. uh, low paid uh, Facebook themselves doesn't employ them but hires other companies as contractors and so then they pay them much less I mean the, the wages are just staggeringly low considering you know what face people at Facebook make and uh, so anyway there's a lot of just stuff in this that's really swirling and bad um, however, this is to say that Facebook is moderating content. So not everything that gets posted can go like not every picture, things that we say, okay, as a society, we're not okay with sharing this on a social media platform. So there's a number of things that we can't share. Um, now just add that to the picture. The young, young buck on the street is uh, stability AI, which is the uh, company that, um, is, it's basically just like. <laughs> If you're not in tech, just imagine like Photoshop, but anybody could use it. You just type in a prompt yeah. and like any picture or even short video clips can come up. Um, this is a very simple way. I actually personally haven't used it, but it's like one of those uh, the um, art generators that we've talked about specific previously. And I think the founder is really saying like, look, this is a champion of personal expression because now anybody can express themselves. Anyone's an artist. We all have it in it. It's, you know, our, you know, business to create and the kind of good outweighs the bad and we'll all create. But then... The interview that I was listening to the founder on, they, um, uh, he was basically saying, yeah, people can create anything, but what if people create things that are just horrible images of people yeah. and terrible, you know, I don't even want to talk about it, but, um, 
and and then so what what's funny about that is to here you are like you're saying about this sort of freedom of expression stuff but then you're almost relying on platforms like Facebook to moderate the content that's being generated by right. your by your technology yeah. and he's kind of like well I don't know like it's sort of like oh down with Facebook but also <laughs> you know it they are the ones who are going to provide like sort of the stops and then this company gets to proceed unregulated um so it's just like it happened again i guess and will continue happening but yeah it, it feels like just the pace is makes it impossible to because like Government is not made to work this fast, <laughs> you know. Like it's just not <laughs> built for this. I know, not like at all, maybe according yeah, to some people. <laughs> sure, uh, but yeah. but it it is a slow thing. But it, yeah. it's also because it's trailing public opinion, which moves fairly slow as well. Like people, like unless you're on the bleeding edge of this, and I think we're trying to be but pro like we're definitely not still yeah. you know no, yeah. we're not experts in any of these areas either um so with the tech moving so fast and public opinion moving slower and then regulation moving even slower than that it's uh I, I guess that's maybe a fatalistic thing. It's like, it's no surprise that we're in this, we're having these issues, right? Yeah. Um, but how do we get there faster, I guess? Like, how do we get public opinion to have a good concept of what, say something like Stability AI is doing? Like, are we okay with that? Are we, should we pay, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. I really don't know. Um, but like even the awareness that it is, that it is possible, this is a thing that's in the world gives us some more context on how we interact with other things. Like, I, like, I, I don't want to end up being like a overly suspicious person, you know, like it was like a quite, grumpy grandpa yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids yeah, <laughs> constantly questioning everything, but I also want to yeah. be aware of like what is possible and uh, w with, you know, like image generation and like, like I, I think I said, yeah, yeah, last episode, like this, this has been possible for a long time with Photoshop. It's just so much easier now because like you say, anyone can just give it some prompts and generates like generate misinformation or like Im misleading images and um and it's like it's not quite there for video yet but it's coming and and like oh, yeah. we said it's there for audio as well and so you can't yeah you do have to be suspicious but it's a justified suspicion i think like it's yeah, yeah. It's not I, that grumpy grandpa, like, so, <laughs> with uh, vague, uh, you know, unfounded suspicions. It, like, they are well-founded, I think. So I think yeah. so, too. I, I want to kind of put a little loop on the whole thing because we've been pulling out a number of threads. But I think that this um, categorization about sort of some of the key sort of topics and issues in this space are... And then I'll leave it up to anyone listening to sort of interpret or think about how they might propose solutions in any of these domains. But I think sometimes it helps to kind of categorize what the sort of central issues are. It's like, instead of just going by and listing them. So um, there are a number of companies, like organizations, like sort of policy organizations or nonprofits who exist to try to 
make responsible tech companies a thing, I guess, or make tech more yeah. responsible. It's kind of a it's kind of a thing that's happening right now. Um, and uh, so there's a few um, buckets that I think this fits into. So basically, the first bucket that we talked about is the government and legislation issues. Uh, so policy change is slow. Issues like is government or should government break up big temp companies? Are they allowed to be this big? Are we saying they're allowed to be this big? This also relates to other kinds of companies. It's kind of things why we have the you know competition bureau and stuff like that to regulate and ensure there is real competition because like in a free market situation, we need to make sure there's real competition. If one company yeah. holds all the power, there is no real competition. Yeah. Um, so should we break them up? Um, and also just other issues of things like da data brokers. So these beside the scenes, it's like marketing, selling your data, um, what it gets used for, all that kind of stuff. So there's the, the legislative issues. Um, there's this other sort of thing that's going on where tech um, has a culture around move fast and break things. Yeah. Um, and the responsibility just isn't there to provide like strict product testing, I, I think, you know, so it's like market validation is definitely something that's really there. So make sure there's like product market fit. However, the implication part where we really test it and ensure that it's doing the things we want to do without it having all these negative side effects. Like, for example, if a pharmacy, you know, big pharma is developing new pills for stuff, they have to categorize the side effects. Right. Um, because those or just effects, I guess you might want to call them, yeah. because it's like ensure that we've accounted for what else might happen. We can't just make sure the pill does the thing we also have to categorize or catalog what the side effects are so through right. some testing process um so something i don't know i'm not suggesting that that's how we apply that to tech but it's kind of like should that is there a, a way that we should change that culture yeah um and then the uh um okay so the other one eh, maybe leave that for a second um the the what, <laughs> kind of other one that i wanted to bring out is the 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 average consumers are unaware of tech i mean it's kind of like you know i think we can sort of do a little bit with this and you know teaching people how to like use computers or to yeah. investigate these things in school and stuff like that like how their data you know getting educated on you know how their data is being used all that stuff that'll probably change like as younger people just learn how to use this stuff yeah. um and become less of an issue over time but it's just to understand a little bit you know peel back the curtain a little bit about how the you know how this stuff works how it's being used um where their data is going all that kind of stuff can i think help yeah. um people be more sort of responsible consumers so there's a few um and it, uh, the other one that I wanted to leave behind was because I sort of have a take on this, which is really unique, is that this they say no one's ever come up with a good way to internalize societal values for companies. Like yeah. these are things like B Corps and all this stuff. And I, right. I'm laughing because that my job is to help people make cooperatives and cooperatives have like a set of values that they like, like here right. are the cooperative values. But I, I also personally don't ever encourage people that they have to take those on because I think it's important to define your own values, not to take a preset um, list of values off the shelf and apply that to your business. Um, as, a, as a business or as individuals, you mean? like So uh, cooperative like, businesses yeah, yeah. have like, yeah, they have this sort of principles okay. um, that apply to cooperatives. To um, all that, cooperatives. Uh -huh, so but gotcha. but this is not a legislative sure. thing. Right. Um, it, it, you know, and it's kind of like a... Some people think all co-ops need to apply, you know, have those. Um, I personally don't think so, but I think people can. So right. there's there's a big argument going on in the sort of my weird niche of the world about that topic. But yeah. um, and I think that that's 
that's a really weird sort of swirly place to get into because sometimes the good, you know, bad outweighs the good on trying to internalize societal values because then you could just game the system in different ways. So, um, right. yeah. Yeah. So lots of things to unpack there and yeah, we probably won't unpack all of them, but one I wanted to talk about is, um, like the interesting thing about comparing these like companies, like selling physical products, selling like pharmacies, selling drugs, and then tech selling social relationships, ideas, what are they like yeah. those yeah. kind of things? Are the much, platform with which you connect human Yeah, beings. exactly. Like it yeah. is much harder to define like precise metrics and, and uh, like what do we expect uh, the like you can expect some like tangible things like physical like or like like the speed and the reliability. Like if I send you a direct message, I expect that to get sent if it doesn't you know like there's functional things obviously that like we can expect out of tech, tech companies but like that's not where that's not what we're talking about here right like yeah. we're expecting some kind of like social impacts or like like those negative externalities that you were saying like are the have we thought through these things um especially when it comes to misinformation and stuff like that like are these companies how reliable uh, is any individual system like um, and education definitely comes into that. Like Wikipedia is, is a classic example. Like if people don't know how it works, they might come to expect that, oh, this is like a review board that's like or like a formal company that's producing all this content when it's totally not like you. It is not like it's very reliable except when it's not right yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and i remember wikipedia sort of gaining popularity in my early university years and then yeah. professors being like i will not accept any wikipedia links <laughs> like just wholesale like don't yeah. show me that you will just that will be i don't know not allowed yeah which is a valid stance i think most I, I actually I don't know where it's at right now. I think most maybe yeah. do, but need. Yeah, now it's a little it's, different. But this is early days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the disclaimer always there is that like it can change from like from today to tomorrow. Like the the thing you're linking may completely change, and you know, so you have to be aware of that. That you know, it is uh, community run and. Um, and there's no central authority on, on that. There are like some mechanisms of trust built in, but yeah, definitely anyone could just update Wikipedia with whatever they want. Yeah. With a lot of qualifications to that statement, but yeah, in general. <laughs> um, but if we know that's how the company works, then it, uh, I think we're in a much better position to, uh, to interact with it. And I think it gets more fuzzy with other companies, uh, especially ones that have, like we've talked about before, that, that are driven by these algorithms. Like, how much should I trust the recommendation algorithm of, say, YouTube? Like, like they are recommending things, but it, like it, it's it's much more fuzzy, right? Because it's not like. Um, 
if they recommend a video I don't like, that's not a failure, really. Like, there's not clear-cut uh, success or failure, right? Yeah. But in general, like, people would assume, like, oh, if you if YouTube algorithm recommends me something that's clearly misinformation without labeling it, that's probably a, a, an objective failure, I would say, right? Like, um, and so... Yeah, we, we need to know how the system works to um, to determine that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about the, uh, you know, how TikTok learns you. Right. And uh, and what it shows you based on your age, like your demographic, like who you are or whatever, like how what it thinks you might like. Um, yeah. because like what my husband sees when he goes on there like he doesn't know him really but if he opens the app and what it thinks he likes it's gonna be a lot different than what he thinks i like yeah. and he's like why does he think i like this stuff i was like <laughs> and then, to, to be clear tiktok doesn't have any like value judgment associated with what it thinks you like yeah like it, it's gonna show you stuff that societally you would might get judged for <laughs> like yeah. or whatever you know <laughs> what i mean like i'm not gonna go into the detail but i'm like yeah, like, you're going to look <laughs> yeah. at that and you're going to be like, oosh, like, that's not what I'm into. Like, and you might be embarrassed. You're kind of like, whoa, yeah. easy. But I'm like, that's just what it thinks you like. And it, it doesn't see that as any different than, like, you being really into, like, watching people, like, you know, roll for sandwich or whatever. Like, it doesn't care. It doesn't, it doesn't aside yeah. from, you know some things that don't get put up like you know like we talked about maybe the you know if if instagram blocks something because a content moderator caught it or whatever it's not going to show you certain things but otherwise yeah. it's just like whatever it thinks you're into like it is gonna show you more and it has no judgment for you yeah and like yeah tiktok is definitely one of those companies that i feel like is is riding that next wave of absolutely no <laughs> um, regulation, maybe. Or, like, <laughs> I, I think they are uh, looked on with a lot of suspicion just, uh, like, functionally for who the company is, I think, maybe. But not for, like, uh, not as much technically because it is, like you say, it's much harder to put, assign any objective value to, uh, like, a recommendation that's, like, questionable as long as like it's not something that's illegal or like that you can't yeah. like you know or yeah. what whatever that it may be like whatever the parameters are like i think they're good at fitting just in the parameters that we expect from them legally or whatever but maybe like pushing the boundaries of what we expect from them uh yeah I, i'm not sure if I, I haven't used it enough. I've used it a little bit and found the same thing uh, as Jerry. I'm like, I don't, TikTok doesn't know me. And I, <laughs> like, how, how do I? No, I, I'm, I will I say not? it actually, because you won't be embarrassed. My husband does listen to this, but he, he opened it and he was like, I mean, my recommendation is like me as a male, you know, in my 30s male. Yeah. Is like it shows me things that was like boring on pornographic. Like right. it, that's what it thinks I'm into because it's just assuming characteristics about me, right? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get, that's what it. So he's like, ah. And then if you don't like swipe quick enough, it's like, oh, you want more? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, ah. You're like, and then you just close the app and you're like, exactly. Okay, I'm freaked out. I'm freaked out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
yeah which again i'm not out there to judge i'm just each you know it's just it's trying to predict you and then you know if you whatever and if you indicate some interest in something it'll be like oh you want more and more it's like it'll be just (laughs) keep going and then you're like why am i here like how did i get here (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and i feel like like that is something you like the more you use a platform the more you understand it like i think i've i've feel like i've trained youtube pretty well and but it it feels like that right like that you're actually training the system like you have to invest some time to get it to know but but then like the more i do that i'm like okay that's good i want stuff that's relevant to me but it's also bad because like once in a while i like to just open up youtube in a like completely fresh you know view where it does and see what see what i get not that i'm really interested in much of that like it's mostly like sports and entertainment stuff that i've totally taught youtube that i don't really care about (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) like twitter at first is trying to give me lots of stuff about sports and like no twitter hard no to the sports stuff although i didn't do i didn't put in enough work to train it so it, it would send me a notification every day yeah. And I reinstalled it on my phone. I actually deleted it again after the whole like Elon Musk drama. I was like, okay, right. I, I, okay I'm very on the fringe of Twitter. So I've like quite had enough now. Um, yeah. And uh, so I don't know, maybe I'll just take a, I'll break up with Twitter for a while and we'll get back together. We have a complicated relationship. Um, yeah. But it was trying to figure me out. So it would send me like something every day. And it was like a different CBC news article from a different Canadian province every day. I was like, mm. wait, what? It was like stuff like niche stuff in BC. I was like, what do you? what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. are you just, you're just trying to get me to click on something. If I clicked on it, you'd be like, ah, Nova Scotia, that's the one. That's yeah. it. No, I gotcha. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it was just, it was trying to like, it was like sending out little yeah. probes. Um, and it was just mostly annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, well, we've talked a lot about the topic. So, yeah. um, yeah, that should probably cover it for today. Yeah. I think, I think there is some, definitely some more uh pieces we could go into like zooming in like both zooming in on specifics and zooming out maybe on like how tech tech companies operate and how they're different how they operate differently than your average company uh but yes i think uh i think that's probably good for today okay good cool all right thanks for chatting heather okay bye yeah bye Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts.